Welcome to Charm the Water. This is Day of Moon. My name's Aaron David, and uh, I want to do a little bit of reading. Uh, this book is called The Serpent Grail. And uh, when I saw the title, I was like, oh, brother, another one of those. Probably be put on the shelf with Dan Brown novels. But there in the bookstore, I cracked it open and, and read a couple of paragraphs. And I was like, oh, uh, I'm actually getting this. So I'd like to... Um, I'd like to say that it has aided me in being a sort of guide, not not quite that much, but it makes sense of a lot of the mystery tradition and puts it in a language that is graspable, uh, the notions behind a lot of mysticism. And so in that way, it kind of unifies a lot of mystical I guess cosmology and um, that really can aid somebody that's already been through the initiations uh, and um, is already being introduced to a cosmology far outside (laughs) of known human uh, thought Um, yeah that that transhumanism stuff, there's something to that. Uh, magic tends to alienate one in such a way, especially if you were alienated to begin with, uh, you're outright not really human anymore, but at the same time more human than all the humans put together. It's a strange place. Um, <clears throat> so, I guess, you know, continuing with this... Um, looking into myself it just seems like the last couple of weeks there's been a focus on that and kind of seeing back into the past it's quite highly probable actually that I am somewhere on the autistic spectrum after looking at this information um, and it would explain my school uh, experience and in that uh, I just skimmed everything I skimmed it like Facebook articles. You know, you read you read the title of the article, you don't really click it and read the article itself. You just sort of <laughs> kind of you make your way through uh you know, current event chit-chat by by doing that. You you pretend to relate to others. <laughs> sure, I know all about that. Uh but it's just kind of a bullshitting. <laughs> And I bullshitted myself through school and was allowed to. Nobody caught me. Nobody uh, helped me. Um, Nobody really cared. So if you want to, you can do that. But uh, I wouldn't recommend it. But here was the problem. I couldn't find anything interesting enough for me to really apply myself to. In other words, I had not found anything I was passionate about. Because everything seemed inauthentic to me and full of shit. I was highly cynical, still am in a lot of ways, but in a different way uh, that has behind it a larger uh, conception of what's going on. (laughs) And I know that, you know, what is in front of me every day uh, isn't the, the biggest picture. So uh, when I found when I found that passion, you know, it didn't arrive until, um, 
the initiations, really. And I was able to have that breakdown of the old world um, in which I lived mentally. And as that broke down, something else larger than it was able to come in. And when I did those planetary initiations, uh, it just accelerated that. And that process I would describe as the shamanic process and the introduction into uh, a world outside of the material world. And um, I mean, that's that's it. Um, It's the only way I know to describe it. So uh, that allowed me to really look back at the material world and find things. Uh, to apply myself to that says yes this is for me now in light of this Uh, I want to pursue this I want to learn about this I want to push into this and while I know I may never get an answer and I know that nobody can give me an answer that's what attracts me to it that's how I know it's authentic that's how I know it's pure Uh, that's how I know it's for me And uh, so those two things that I became passionate about, um, I think the occult, occult pursuits, and trading. Pretty simple, pretty simple, you know, not very complex. I remember as a kid, I was trying to decide, do I want to fully pursue guitar playing or skateboarding? And I couldn't make a decision. And I felt like I would have to you know, fully give myself to one or the other. Well, what's nice now um, is that uh, I don't have to do that because there's so there's no separation between my two passions. They essentially are the same thing. Uh, everything <laughs> that I see is under this. So I want to turn to a book. It's called The Serpent Grail and. When I was in the bookstore and I saw it, I was like, oh, brother, you know, this should be with the Dan Brown books. And but I opened it. Something made me open it and start uh, reading a couple of paragraphs. And once I did that, I was like, "Ooh, I'm actually I'm actually laying money down for this. I'm bringing it home. And um, truth be told, I haven't read through the whole thing. But recently, these last, I guess, you could describe them as synchronistic events over the last couple of weeks. They're just thoughts that arise or information bits that arise and they'll stick in your head. And then, you know, a day, two days later, there'll be another something and it'll correlate to that first thing. And then by the end of the week, you have like three, four of those that are sticking in your head, all correlating, pushing you into a, looking into a new, um, new room you know you like collected clues over the week week uh, these mental clues that seem synchronistic and push you towards uh, a discovery so uh, that over the last couple weeks has uh, kind of put me back into the the mood of reading this book serpent grill because what i have read it of it which is maybe a third uh has been extremely poignant Um, For instance, in the first part, uh, we took a look at the Alpha, Omega, and this 
uh, sine wave and pretty much how all things uh, it kind of gives you the yin yang and like all of these symbols from different mystical traditions and how they all uh, can be shown to like lay over this notion of a like three part cycle and I talked about this in the first first uh, two shows of Charm of the Water here and um, I mean there's like a negative dip there's a positive peak and then there's this neutral point and that's one cycle is like ABC those three points so you know with Taoism and with Hermeticism you can kind of see this you know from the the mother letters <laughs> like <laughs> just this uh, creation coming out from that and it's it's very nuanced to talk about but I don't think there could be anything else uh, that would be a better example of how this works than to go to the markets and to candlestick charts Japanese candlestick charts or you could use bar charts or even line charts something that allows you to see uh, data through time and the nature of this sine wave this three part you know, the uh, ancients called them the three healers they were the three serpents of kundalini they're a bunch of things like um they have many names but this process that they carry out this function this is what uh, i personally um see them as baphomet uh this chimera of uh it it really represents this process that i'm talking about uh so in trading all you need is an impulse price leg and the larger time frame you get it uh the bigger picture you get so just to give you a notion of uh the expanse between a one month candlestick chart in a one-minute candlestick chart, it is absolutely dizzying and uh, how you can traverse, structurally traverse time through those from one-minute to one-month charts. It's just gargantuan, uh, and you can do it like a like a mountain climber scaling. Uh, you know the Andes you can do it bit by bit and you can analyze all of that and it's just tremendous to behold it's just uh, this huge plateau of um, I guess awareness about the market you come to after traversing all of that and coming to the top of it or the bottom of it it doesn't matter because once you traverse it you've seen you've seen it so how this is done uh, an impulse of price leg you you measure like a Fibonacci retracement from the bottom to the top and you immediately get a 50% level on that Fibonacci showing you the exact 50% level between those two 
between the positive and the negative. You get the equilibrium. And uh, that place is magical. <laughs> uh, because when price goes below the 50%, if we're overall bullish, uh, that means price is at a discount. And that is like walking into wherever your favorite store your favorite brick and mortar store or even your favorite online uh, place to get stuff and seeing there is a like 70% off sale and you're like oh my god same thing is if uh, price is bearish and uh, it is now at a uh, above 50% level this is a premium and so this is where to short sell. And that even that is a nuanced, uh, it took me a long time to grasp, shorting something and making money as it descends onto that uh, negative side of equilibrium. Like, I, I couldn't grasp how that's done, but once you do, uh, it's more fun than buying by far <laughs> for some people. Uh, the cynics out there, they love short selling stuff. And I, I gotta admit, I like it uh, better <laughs> than buying. Not really, because structurally, um, bullish structures are easier to see through time. It takes an eye to be able to see the inverse nature and the top side of equilibrium and the bottom side of equilibrium and how they have. Um, these swings that are not far displaced, they're equilibriumized. But you know, if it moves so far up, it's going to move that far down. It's a very bophometic like thing, and you can see this like cycle everywhere. So, I probably didn't do that good a job with describing what the hell I'm talking about and what brought passion into my life uh, but I'll read a little bit more out of the serpent grail and uh, this may explain it a little bit better from our research into hermetic philosophy we discovered that the ancients believed that a defect existed within human consciousness as a result they believed human beings were trapped within the cycles of the material world through their reliance on one half of the cycle the material aspect, to the detriment of the other, the spiritual aspect. This dualistic theme was crucial to the beliefs of the Gnostics and the Cathars. However, the universal hero was able to transcend the world of matter, the trapped mind, and all cyclical phenomena through having experienced the midpoint, neutral or zero node, between these two divisions, thereby resolving his dualistic human nature. It was also believed that such an individual would have become familiar with the serpent within and around him. That is, he would have observed the wave phenomena and cycles in the natural world. He would have thus been able to control the serpent that had others mortally trapped within its spirals, waves, and cycles of divided energy. He had healed the division of energy within himself and was therefore an immortal, a god. And having transcended the physical laws of reality, he had some control and influence over the collective, or so it was believed. 
the Greek historian Plutarch once said, the men of old time associated the serpent, most of all beasts, with heroes. In fact, it seems that all heroes in one form or another have serpents among their symbols. For example, Carl Jung said, there's a series of medieval pictures in which the communion cup contains a dragon, a snake, or some sort of small animal. Jung pointed out that a relief in Hereford Cathedral clearly depicted a chalice with a dragon rising from it. There are actual images across the Christian world of this dragon or serpent rising from the poisoned chalice held by St. John the Evangelist, another type archetype for the shamanic serpent being or shining one, as we will discover in the next chapter. And it goes on and on and on, uh, pulling the esoteric knowledge uh, from tradition in a sort of kind of Dan Browny feel, but not really. It's just Dan Brown kind of t- tainted this entire genre. <laughs> so uh, I hope that kind of was a little bit succinct, even. Uh, even though I feel a little bit uh, distracted this morning it's been a lot of work what I'm doing is uh, going through the monthly mentorship and the study notes and putting them on 4x6 index cards and then putting rings through those uh, so I can flip at my leisure and refresh myself uh, through this information so so far I've gotten four of 12 months done and it's a process it takes a long time using the thermal printer first capturing and cropping then printing thermal printer sticker then peeling the sticker putting it on the index card hole punching the index card and then doing that the months are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger uh, I hope they don't get too much bigger then uh, this was December 2016 I just finished and uh, it is on order block theory and I think if I'm thinking right yes and just going over the information again you know so I'm a year and five months out from the mentorship and it's been a while since I've gone over month four uh, material I may have browsed it a couple of times but for me just when like a PDF or something I just I I don't like sitting there uh, reading anything at the desk and I hate reading things fingering them on my phone that's kind of infuriating I just like it in my hands not uh, not digitally which I, I I was watching a streamer yesterday and they were talking about how they collect print material And they had collected all 285 issues of Nintendo Power. uh, Of which they said the second one was crap. Now, I had the second one. I had a Nintendo Power uh, subscription. I don't know where they all are now. Uh, But uh, I I remember waiting on the mail and getting them. And the second issue had Castlevania 2 in it. And apparently... He did not like Castlevania 2. Now that is 
It is a far different game than the other Castlevanias, much like Zelda 2 is not like <laughs> unless it's it's a kind of different animal than the first Zelda. But anyway, that was a very I remember it because it was a very magical um to me reading about Castlevania 2. I didn't have the game, but I was able to look at the screenshots and read about the items and some of the items were like these crystals and I remember Laurel and I remember specifically going out and uh, going around the neighborhood and there was this big old Laurel tree Uh, it has a holly tree in this yard that has a plaque for being like the oldest one of the oldest treasure trees in Asheville and uh, this house I got it from is it is haunted. Uh, I just got my my cousin who died over COVID, his wife, who they are pastors, and uh, very conservative, very evangelical. Do not talk about the paranormal or anything like that, but I got her to relate the story to Kelly of what happened to her in that house. Uh, a spirit was singing to her freaking the hell out of her and the cat and I totally believe her because uh, I know so many other people including myself have had stuff happen in that house my mom was a secretary for my cousin's ministry growing up when I was growing up and uh, she would spend time over there preparing his uh, ministry newsletter thing typing them this is back before printers typing them up, sticking them in envelopes, stamping them actually not stamping them, they had a metered thing that's how they did it, not with stamps but um, I remember that time and uh, my mom multiple times she wasn't the only secretary and all of them would hear somebody walking upstairs while they were working there and sometimes walking down the steps and uh, one one of the secretary's little boys apparently got thrown on the bed upstairs or something Uh, I had my own experience where I was snooping when my cousin and his wife were out of town I was just a pretty young kid old enough to know better (laughs) But I was kind of snooping in their bedroom because I was supposed to like feed their cat and their cat was upstairs and I was trying to coax it out. And I was just kind of at the same time kind of snooping in their bedroom. And uh, as I was coming back down the stairs, right at the top of the stairway, this lion, it wasn't like a real noise, but it's like... uh, it's in your head. You don't actually hear it audibly. But if you've ever heard a spirit voice or something, I don't know really how to describe it. Uh, other than that. But it was a lion roar right behind my neck. And at the same time, I got this mental image of a Native American with like this 
lion's skin all over his head. And uh, I was out of the house. I don't think I've ever come down a flight of stairs as quick. I was out of the house within like two seconds. And like chills all over me. I was like, what the hell was that? But anyway, I don't know why I added that that little story on here. Other than it just came to mind. Uh, With that, I'm going to get gone doing something today. It's 9.30. And uh, for one, I need to keep printing these out. And uh, start preparing for the next trading challenge. And uh, to speak to that, going over this material, um, it's just really clear how all this time I've been skimming the material trying to get by it's not quite the same thing but I rushed through the mentorship you know desperate to start making money and to get out of you know this cycle of working for a boss and stuff I'm absolutely desperate you know to get out of that not only get out of that I also want I'm thinking Lambo, but you know, I'm thinking also that's, that's vain. That's vain. You should get like, uh, an electric car as fast as a Lambo. That's a little less, you know, I don't know. That would be nice. You know, it, thinking back to when I had that, uh, 2013 Dodge Challenger, it was a V6, but nevertheless, it was still nice to ride around and feel that feeling of uh, vampirism and superiority. <laughs> I'm not lying. If there's anybody that that is looking for a, a partner, all you have to do is dress nice, put on something that smells nice, and drive a nice car. And you can have uh, essentially you know I, I don't know how long you know what I wouldn't look for a lifetime partner like that but I'm just saying it works if you're just uh, if you're looking it works <laughs> it works <laughs> just be aware you're gonna pay you're gonna pay a lot so that's the other thing it would be nice to have that it's just to have a nice car you know who doesn't want a nice car maybe somebody living in the city but um there's no way i would ever have a nice car unless i had enough money and to where to where it wouldn't wasn't a burden because let me tell you that 2013 dodge challenge challenger was an extraordinary burden on my uh on my budget especially you know you rack up your first couple of tickets and then an accident and uh dude no insurance will touch you (laughs) all right so i'm actually going now until next time